Hi, folks, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I explore a different topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I'm your host, Jess Sertikoff-Romola, a registered dietitian, dietitian supervisor, and owner of Empowering Dietitians, where I work with professionals just like you who are tired of the status quo in our field and are ready to reclaim their confidence, passion, and purpose. In today's episode, I want to talk about an issue that comes up quite frequently, both with my dietitian clients and in the free workshops I hold a few times a year. How can introverts and empaths thrive in dietetics without careening toward burnout, compassion fatigue, moral injury, or just general stress? Listen in to understand these two terms, how society has defined them, and what you can do to use these personality traits and preferences to your advantage in your work. Now, I work with a lot of introverted and highly empathetic dietitians. I don't know if it's because a lot of dietitians overall are introverts and empaths. Um, I don't have actual statistics, only what I've seen um, from working with so many of you. Um, I don't know if uh, introverted, empathetic dietitians are the ones that are most likely to seek supervision support. I don't know if it's a coincidence, but I do wind up with a lot of my clients identifying as introverts and uh, either empaths or just generally highly empathetic. And this can be challenging for any dietitian because dietetics is a very person-centered career. Um, even if you're not in counseling specifically, which a lot of the introverted, empathetic dietitians that I work with are, um, but even if you're not, almost any job involves a lot of human interaction in some capacity. And that can really prompt dietitians who I work with or interact with to ask questions like, is it possible to be an introverted dietitian? What jobs are good for introverted dietitians? And how do you protect yourself as an introverted or empathetic or empathic dietitian, right? So I wanted to dedicate a full episode to this because I know my clients are not the only ones that struggle with this. Um, and I wanna first start by trying to maybe define being introverted or an empath um, so that we have a baseline understanding and like we're on the same page. Um, so the, the official definition from Oxford languages for introvert is a shy or reticent person. Um, I'm here to tell you that I categorically do not agree with that definition at all. Um, in fact, uh, introverts are not always shy automatically. Um, introversion, according to psychology today, because trying to back this up with some facts here um, and some resources, if not full-fledged research articles, some reputable resources, um, that it's more of a personality style. Um, the way that they 
describe it, which is often how I think of it, is a preference for the inner life of the mind versus the outer world of other people. Now, this does not make someone shy. Um, shyness is more of being afraid of social interactions, you know, desiring social interactions, but uh, being afraid of saying the wrong thing or not knowing what to say, feeling nervous, anxious, things like that. Introversion is simply a preference for solitude or small group interactions. An introvert can actually be quite good at socializing, but maybe they find it draining or they simply don't prefer it. I often think about introversion versus extroversion based on how we gain energy or recharge our energy. And an introvert is going to uh, feel recharged and rejuvenated primarily from time alone, quiet time, solitude. Whereas an extrovert is going to feed off of the energy of others and actually feel more energized around other people rather than drained. Now, as with basically everything in life, this is not black and white, or I should say it's rarely black and white. I don't know that there are that many people that are purely introverts or purely extroverts. Um, a lot of us fall somewhere on the continuum between the two. So you may resonate with some aspects, or maybe there are some areas of your life or certain people that bring out a certain response compared to others. And you may feel more introverted in certain situations compared to others, right? Or you must just may go through moods. Now, how about being an empath? Um, I have to admit that there is much more controversy and much less uh, reliable information out there about being an empath. There is a lot of criticism about using this term in general. Um, and so there is not consistency when it comes to its existence or uh, the definition of it. The way that I personally view empaths or the term empath is the tendency to feel or take on the emotions of others. Um, so for example, from my experience, I, am I an empath? Who knows actually? Um, but I will say that I am a highly emotional, highly sensitive individual. And I have experiences where if I have a very anxious client, for example, they will rev up my own anxiety. I will mirror what they're going through. Um, things like death and suffering affect me at a at a very emotional level, even when I don't know the person, I tend to get very upset about it. Um, and I have a visceral reaction to anger and yelling, uh, which we could probably psychoanalyze for many reasons. But um, in general, <laughs> I am a very emotional human and I tend to uh, mirror the emotions of the people around me um, quite often. And I know other dietitians experience the same. It's kind of like this uber empathy, like empathy taken to the next level um, where you don't just kind of feel for the person, you like really physiologically feel what they're going through. Um, and again, am I technically an official empath who like checks all of the boxes? who knows? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. The bottom line is that 
if you tend to respond emotionally to other people's emotions, there's a good chance that it impacts your work as a dietitian. And whether you want to label yourself as an empath or not, it's worth talking about the ways that it can impact your job. So let's talk about those things. Let's talk about the drawbacks of being an empath or an introvert in client-facing roles. And I have to pause here and say that I use the word drawbacks fairly hesitantly because, and I'm going to talk about U.S. culture for a second because that's where the majority of the dietitians tuning in are from. That's where I have experience living. Um, I welcome you to let me know if you live somewhere else, if you feel as though this is the same or different, uh, because different cultures value personality traits and dispositions differently. And U.S. culture specifically values extroversion and emotional control. And so a lot of the drawbacks or like quote unquote drawbacks that we see in being a professional who is severely, severely, uh, seriously empathetic, highly empathetic, or introverted may not be a actual like drawback. It may simply be that you're operating in a way that society doesn't reward or value. Think back to conversations that I have on this podcast about the term imposter syndrome and how it's not actually a syndrome. We see it predominantly in individuals who possess some level of marginalized identity, whether that's being a woman, whether that's being, um, we know that it, it disproportionately affects black women, not only women, um, whether that is being a trans individual or non-binary, or you have layers of these identities that get marginalized. Um, you're existing in a system that was not set up for you. It didn't have you in mind. And therefore, it's harder to navigate the world with your identity, disposition, personality trait, whatever it is we're talking about, because the world or culture or society wasn't set up for that. Um, so when I talk about the quote unquote drawbacks of being an introvert or an empath. I don't necessarily think that they're inherently drawbacks. It may just be um, more signs or indications that our society was not built to accommodate different types of people. And if you diverge from the norm, quote unquote norm in any way, it's harder for you. So with that disclaimer in mind, I want you to continue thinking about that as we go through this whole episode. But with that in mind, let's talk about the ways that uh, your work as a dietitian may be more challenging if you identify as an introvert or an empath. The first is that your work can be more draining, um, especially if you're in a, a real heavy client-facing role, because we know that um, empaths, if they absorb the emotions of other people or reflect them or mirror them, then there's a good chance that you take on a lot of emotions that you have to deal with um, as a professional and remain professional. And if you're introverted, then we know that uh, you're more likely to feel drained after an intense 
uh, human interaction or social interaction. And so you may be drained, for example, from seeing a full day of clients or from having to see 15 patients a, a day in a hospital setting. You may also have more difficulty asserting yourself and communicating your needs um, because, again, the assertiveness tends to be a more extroverted trait. Um, it may be harder for you to maintain a social life after work because work drains you so much, um, takes so much out of you that it's hard for you to have more left in you to give, and that can impact your personal life. You may have a hard time separating your emotions from clients or patients or coworkers, and you may have a hard time uh, maintaining boundaries or composure um, in professional situations. I would also argue that there is a higher risk for you to experience things like burnout, compassion fatigue, and moral injury, because you're more sensitive to the, uh, the limitations of the system that we work in. You are more sensitive and to the uh, emotional plight of the people you work with. And uh, you are being depleted by your work because it's not set up in a way that works with your energy levels or your uh, energy generation preferences, for lack of a better phrase, right? And so it can seem like it's really hard, you know, and maybe private practice, you would think wouldn't be for dietitians, but again, <laughs> I don't, I don't know of many jobs that dietitians have that don't involve a, a pretty significant degree of human interaction in, in some capacity. So you might be thinking like, is this even right? Like, how am I supposed to overcome all of those things? And I want to flip the script. I want to not focus on all of these ways that society has made us feel like it's a bad thing to be introverted or uh, an empath or that it's like uh, um, that it's hampering us or holding us back. I want you to think about the ways that it can benefit you, even in perhaps especially in a client facing role. So one of the biggest things is that introverts um, and empaths both um, tends to be really good at making connections and building deep trust because the connections that they make tend to be deeper and more meaningful. So building that rapport, especially in like a, a counseling session um, or even in a quicker interaction, it can be facilitated by the fact that you have more of that introversion, you have more of that em empathy that you're pulling from. Um, it can also help uh, introverts tend to be really great at critical thinking and no knock on extroverts out there, by the way, that doesn't mean that you're not, um, but the introversion as a disposition tends to be associated with a lot of thoughtfulness and critical thinking that can be really, really helpful uh, for our work. And a lot of introverts are familiar with reflection. That's something that you already vibe with. You like having time to sit back and reflect. And reflection is really helpful for professional growth and for your self-care. So it's you're already set up with some of the tools and the uh, predispositions to take care of yourself and to be able to grow as a dietitian. 
So again, I want you to think how much of how we view empaths and introverts, what we say about them, how we talk about them, how much of that is objective fact and how much of it is tainted by how society simply expects us to act. I wanna give an example that is not identical, but is another way that we can look at how society kind of expects us to act, think, live a certain way. And when you don't, um, it's kind of viewed as bad or a problem or wrong when it's really just different. Um, and for that, I want to talk about very briefly the concept of uh, neurodivergence versus being quote unquote, like neurotypical. Um, neither one neither way of your brain working or thinking is right or wrong. One isn't good and the other isn't bad. They're simply different, right? But we have set up society assuming that everyone is or should be one way. Our brains should work one way. We should all uh, interact or uh, respond to certain situations one way. And so we can see this happening with a lot of different aspects of our identities, our cognitive functioning, our personality traits, all of these things um, are very much dictated by whether society accepts them or not. So society kind of assumes that everyone is or should be assertive, outgoing, charismatic, sociable, in control of our emotions and like quote unquote professional, right? What does professionalism mean? It largely means not emotional, like this stoic, mature, again, assertive person. But we aren't all one way. Our brains don't work the same way. Our personalities are different. Our comfort levels are different. The way that we get and use and conserve and recharge energy. They're all different. And I can't help but think about how many years of like my adolescence and like early adulthood, I spent wishing that I was a bubbly person. I just wanted to be that like that girl that was just bubbly and infectious and like happy and cheerful all the time and made everyone happy to be around. I spent so long wanting to be that because that was really what society wanted. That's that like charismatic, outgoing, happy, sociable person. And it's not that I'm not happy, but I'm also heavily sarcastic and um, sometimes a little rough around the edges. And I'm, I'm not bubbly. Like that's just not who I am. And I had to really come to terms with the fact that that doesn't impact my worth. That doesn't impact my ability to perform a job or achieve a goal. It simply makes me different from how society maybe uh, paints the ideal for what I should be or should look like or what they want me to aspire to, right? So I encourage you to take some time to reflect on how are you different from what society paints as the normal or the ideal and think about how that impacts how you perceive yourself, how others perceive you and how you navigate this world. Because I don't really want to focus on the drawbacks of being an introvert or an empath. Those things are, are part of who you are. 
And we don't need to change that. What we need to do is we need to understand how to protect yourself in a society that is set up uh, kind of against, against you. I say that loosely. Um, we're not being like attacked as introverts or empaths, um, but we, we aren't the default, I should say. Um, and how do we navigate the world as an introvert or an empath? How can you be a dietitian doing the things that you love and you're passionate about without it completely depleting you? Now, there are a lot of articles out there that talk about learning to become more extroverted. And like, to some extent, I get it. It can be helpful to learn some tips and strategies for assertiveness and communicating your needs and, and all of that. But it's really missing the point. The goal is not to make everyone extroverted and in control of our emotions. The goal is to learn how to harness the benefits of who we are without allowing it to drain us in a world that isn't set up the way that your brain functions. So I want to outline some of the things that I do in supervision with the dietitians I work with who come to me who are introverted or highly empathetic um, to help them get to a place where they feel really confident about who they are and comfortable navigating the world, even if it's not this bubbly, charismatic, extroverted, stoic person right? So the first thing that, that we do is we have to understand their deep values, their preferences and their goals as a dietitian. We have to understand what is their ideal schedule and work level um, of interaction, right? Um, how many do you want to work with clients? If you don't, what do you, what kind of work really lights you up? Um, if you do want to work with clients, how many clients do you want to work with? Um, do you like big groups? Do you like one-on-one? -on -one? Like we have to really understand what's important to them and what they see as their like vision as a dietitian. And from there, we have to know their limits and boundaries. And we have to understand how their limits conflict with their goals. So um, for example, I had a client who was, is very introverted and loves private practice, loves counseling, but really maxes out around two to four clients a day. So how do we understand that limit and still help that dietitian achieve their goal um, and work in a way that they love, right? How can we adjust your work, your self-care, your boundaries, all of these things to bring the limits into alignment with the goals so that there's not as much conflict? And we have to learn how to set boundaries with people and time to create a schedule and professional life that actually works for you, right? So that's all about understanding who you are, knowing your limits, knowing your boundaries then we have to learn how to be fiercely unapologetic about who we are and what we need. We have to work with our personalities, learning how to communicate our needs, sometimes without being overly assertive. You know, everyone's communication style is going to be a little different. My job as a supervisor is not to turn you into an assertive machine. It's to help you feel confident with your unique style so that you can communicate your needs either to your boss, to your clients, to your whoever, um, in a way that feels right to you. 
We have to work on carving out time for rest, transition time, which we don't talk nearly enough about, breaks, all of those things, and develop again that communication style and a professional life that suits you as an individual. I work with dietitians on having space to process emotions. So uh, not only a lot of these tips were for introversion, they're, they're not exclusively, they also work with the empath piece. But one that's really important if you, if you feel like you're an empath is to have space to process emotions so that they aren't interfering with the therapeutic alliance with your clients or patients or coworkers or whatever, right? We have to learn emotional awareness. I have to teach dietitians to practice non-reactivity. Um, and they also just need a safe space that they can go to, to feel and express themselves so that they're not doing all of that processing in the middle of the session. Now, like I said, most of the dietitians that I work with in supervision, both one-on-one -on -one and in group, identify as either introverts or empaths, if not both. And I'm here to say that no job is entirely off limits. A lot of the dietitians that I work with, like I said, are in counseling heavy roles. I'm an introvert. I don't, again, I don't know if I'm officially an empath, but I'm a very emotional human. And I love working with clients. I love making Instagram reels and videos. I love doing this podcast. I love public speaking. I love doing things that, yeah, they'll deplete me if I do them too much, if I don't have boundaries, if I don't have balance, if I'm not doing the things that I need to do to take care of myself. But I don't, I don't know that I would be happy working without any human interaction whatsoever. So if you're feeling like an introvert, if you're feeling like an empath, I don't want you to let that dictate what you think you're capable of because you have so much to bring to the table in any role as a dietitian, right? Words like introvert and empath, they may be validating to help you understand yourself, but you don't have to let the world dictate who or what you can be good at based on one word or personality trait. So if there is one thing that I want you to take away from this episode, it's that. And it's the fact that you are so much more than that. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you enjoy these episodes, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with your dietitian friends. And if you listen on Apple Music, leave a rating and review. This helps the podcast reach more dietitians so that we can really create a collective of dietitians who feel confident and connected both to their work and each other. You are not alone. And as always, if you're looking for that extra level of support, check out my Empowering Dietitians Supervision Services at www.empoweringdietitians.com slash individual dash supervision. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash individual dash supervision.